Welcome to the Play Golf in College podcast with all things junior golf and college golf. Now here are your hosts, Coach Mark McDonald and PGIC founder, Coach Brad Sparling. thing. <laughs> All right, this week on Play Golf in College, um, our podcast, we're going to talk about Coach McDonald um, and my our thoughts on developing golfers from a very young age up through middle school. And then in a separate podcast, we're going to talk about the high school years, college years, and beyond. Um, but we see so many parents going about this the wrong way, how they're introducing their kids to the golf, et cetera, that we want to share our thoughts on, on how you can create an environment where the kid's going to love the game, going to have a lot fun, a lot of fun doing it and going to improve to the best of their ability. So uh, let's get right into it and talk about what would we do for a really, really young golfer? Let's say somebody aged three, four and five. And Coach Mack has a two-year-old who's starting to whack it and looking really good, developing lots of speed. Coach Mack's doing it the right way. And uh, I've had three kids, two that have played Division I golf and, and a daughter who's in high school just starting the process. So we've um, not only with our business seeing lots of kids over lots of years, uh, we've experienced this ourselves. So let's get into it. So my thoughts on if you've got somebody really, really young that wants to get into golf, I think you have to keep it very, very simple. One foremost thing in the back of your mind, it's got to be fun. If it is fun, they are going to want to do more of it. Um, the only thing I would tell a really young kid, and I've had great success with this is give them a proper grip, especially with the left hand. I see so many juniors with incorrect grips. And once you've been doing it the wrong way for eight or nine years is really hard to change. Um, so you want to seat the grip properly in the left hand. So it's going to hinge. You have control, especially with the last three fingers of the left hand. That's key. And then I'd love making sure that a junior golfer, four five, six year olds, that they're teeing the ball up every single time, every time they hit it on the range, on the course for a year or two, tee that baby up. Because if it's teed up, they are instinctually going to make a good pass at the ball. So good grip, tee it up every single time, tell them to swing it as fast as they can and get to a good finish. And beyond that, I wouldn't do anything. Coach, Coach I your think, thoughts on that? No, I think you're right on the money. And one thing I think that is a really good point that you made with teeing it up every time is that it also reinforces the fact that we're trying to have them just to have fun. And when they're seeing the ball, it's obviously a lot easier to hit it off a tee than what it is off the ground. They're going to see the ball get up in the air. Wherever the heck it goes doesn't matter. Yeah, they're going to make solid contact and see success. Yeah, and it's and again, we're not going to develop golfers if they're not staying in the game. And if we can continue to have these kids have lots of fun, they have a chance of developing into a really good golfer. And the same thing, like you said, I've got a two-year-old right now. He wants to come down to my basement and hit balls every single night, and I haven't forced one thing on him. He just sees me doing it and wants to give it a try. Is he doing it perfectly? Is he playing real golf? No. He's, half the time, he's got his darn hockey club and hockey uh, stick in his hand. He's trying to hit golf balls with it. Doesn't matter. Um, 
he's just trying to hit the ball as hard as he can and as fast as he can and sometimes he runs after it and but he's you can tell he's just having fun and i think that's what that what's really what matters uh is we're just pointing them in the right direction from a couple different areas um like you said whether that's from a golf area or like we're going to talk about with some things outside of golf but point them in the right direction make sure they're having lots of fun yeah, great points. So make sure the grip's good. Tee it up all the time. Have them swing fast, get to a good finish. Have fun. Beyond that, do not tell them anything. Just let them explore, be creative. You're just there to encourage the correct environment, but do not tell them what to do. I don't care what the setup looks like, ball position, anything. Just tee it up and let them whack it. And then, um, you know, get them on the green close to the hole and let them see the ball go in the hole. There's nothing better um, than putting the ball a foot from the cup and hearing it make that sound when it goes in, and they're going to want to do it over and over and over again. All right, so I've got a really good story with that one even. So, okay. again, Noah, our two-year-old, we've got this putting green now in the basement. This is hilarious. So he's tried putting. I think you can hit like 11, 12-footers on this thing. He's tried putting some of those, and it almost frustrates him, and it's kind of funny watching him do it. He'll start picking up every single individual ball and puts it right on the edge of the cup, almost so that it's falling in, and will putt it, and immediately his hands go up in the air, and he has this big smile on his face. That's so it, absolutely I mean, it, perfect. Yeah, it, it does not matter how far it is, what he's doing, but seeing him go nuts from making a putt that is just almost just falling over the edge, it, it just almost warms your heart. It's funny watching it. It's hilarious. He's having so much fun. Yep, and I'm sure... Uh, your reaction plays a pivotal role in that too, because you're oh, yeah. super excited. I'm, and then I'm going nuts. More of it. <laughs> I'm yeah, going nuts when I could have just blown the thing in. It's that close. It's, but. That's a very simple but perfect, uh, perfect uh, description there. So, fun competitions. If you looked at really good players over the years, they invariably have a lot of buddies that are they're doing it together. They're exploring. They're having fun, but they're having competitions all the time. And doesn't what it it doesn't matter what it is. It could be for a drink. Um, you got to carry somebody's golf bags or clean their clubs or whatever. But competitions are key. What do you think on that, Coach? That's all I did growing up. Uh, I had a couple buddies at the course we were at. Um, we were always playing. We usually played for Wendy's is what we ended up playing for. Um, or I hate even admit the, admitting this. Uh, but we even we even had some competitions with some four irons where we were about 100 yards away from each other trying to punch them and hit each other. Uh, I'm not going to. We're not going to advocate that. that I'm not I'm not going to. Yeah, I'm not going to advocate for that. But I'll tell you what, I learned how to hit a pretty good punch shot. I bet you uh, did. I bet so, you learned how to dodge, too. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So uh, we're working on a few different things right there. But again, I think I think that competition is is really important. I think learning learning how to lose is important as well. Uh, learning how to win is important, but again, that competition, once again, also goes back to the fact that it just makes it fun. It really does. Yeah. You're with your buddies and you're outside you're killing time and you're actually, you might, you might almost feel like you're screwing around to some extent, but you're, you're developing some skill and you're enjoying the game and it's, it's only going to help you as you continue to grow. Right. And these thoughts are all applicable from the very earliest age, all the way up until the start of middle school. Um, so what else could your kid do? You know, Phil Mickelson is famous for getting a wiffle ball and trying to curve it around and over his house and trees and obstacles when he was young. And I think that developed a great 
feel of the club head for him and maneuver the ball. Bubba Watson's a similar. Tiger learned how to juggle from an early age and did all sorts of tricks and so on. So anything that um, any environment you can create for your kid where they're going to be able to explore and learn new things, fail a lot, but also achieve some success is going to be huge for their development. Um, I think the, I think the wiffle ball analogy or the wiffle ball story was is kind of a good one too. I mean, think about even last month when we were in Arizona with our players, and we had this fantastic backyard. The house was incredible, but it had a a big putting chipping green and all this grassy area. And guys were out there just trying to find the most creative, ridiculous shots that they could and trying to pull them off. And they're out there for hours, and it's one of those things where you lose track of time. And they are not only having fun, but they're developing skill. And again, they're not afraid if they chunked one or hit it in the pool or hit another cactus out there or something. They're just trying to hit the the best shot they can and learn how to even, you can actually cut those wiffle balls with a little wedge, hit little cuts or draws or something, and you're just developing skill. Um, and they're having a heck of a lot of fun doing it. Yeah, absolutely. So some other things you can do um, to help your kids develop their golf games and specifically we're big advocates of of people playing other sports um when we were growing up you know we were involved in tennis in baseball uh throwing the football uh ping pong all sorts of things uh basketball involving hand-eye coordination we see much less of that now in general than in past years and i think that's doing a disservice to our kids so Get your kids from a very early age involved in other sports. Uh, baseball will develop hand-eye coordination and club head speed. Hockey is the same way. Uh, ping pong is beautiful for hand-eye coordination, feeling the club head. Now, don't, you know, just if you're playing ping pong, I'd recommend getting a normal American grip because that more closely relates to club face control in golf. Um, but that is beautiful in terms of developing spin, touch, and so on. Um, soccer, juggling the golf ball with either hand, anything like that is going to massively help your kid develop a sense of touch, uh, feel for the club head, athletic ability, and so on. Uh, tennis is great. Anything um, involving a rotary motion or speed is great. I, th I think that's awesome. And the, th the other aspect of those that we didn't even touch on is just the the team aspect and other things that you can learn from those sports that you can apply directly to golf or to life in general so um, just being on a team I mean as we start talking about later years as we go through the recruiting process or playing high school golf or college golf um, having that team mentality is not something that most kids are just born with uh, and you, those are things that you learn while you're on a team, whether that's a baseball, basketball, football team, whatever it may be. Um, having that mindset's a little different. And uh, once again, learning how to win, learning how to lose, handling different situations, all of those things directly relate back to golf and are really good ways of learning how to um, become a better athlete. Yep. Another thing that would be helpful, uh, encourage your child to become involved in music. I don't care any kind of music. Uh, it's going to develop an innate sense, I think, of rhythm, which is directly uh, applicable to golf. Um, I know it's helped me in my game. My parents made me play the French horn, which I hated. Uh -huh. <laughs> but I think it really did end up helping me with my golf game. Um, and I know, Mac, you're, you've been involved with, I think, the piano, something like that. 
parents uh parents have been involved in piano for a very long time uh, vocal music as well so yeah we've we've been in, been involved with music in quite a bit of different ways um that's that's a point that i probably wouldn't have thought about so that was a good one to bring up um that's one of those things too where we we know not all kids are going to be directly loving team sports and maybe they're a little bit more artsy or music um and again maybe that's the way you can um, kind of push them in that route a little bit, or they're going to like that route maybe a little bit better. And there's a lot of things that you can learn through music that will definitely uh, correlate with golf. All right. Now let's talk about the parents and the parents role, what they should be doing um, for kids from a very young age up through middle school. Um, and I'm going to start with what you should not do. Do not tell your kid how to play golf, period. <laughs> Don't tell them anything other than the grip, tee the ball up, go ahead and whack it, Johnny, get to a good finish, hit it as far as you can, go have some putt, you know, putt the ball in the hole. Other than that, do not tell them anything, nothing. All right, and, wh and why is that? that why is that? To, because learning any skill, by definition, you have to try out new things. You have to fail. Um, and you're going to learn that skill faster and retain it longer if you've done that on your own rather than somebody tell you to do that and you're going to have a lot more enjoyment out of it so as soon as the parent gets involved you get one it, it hinders their ability to learn the skill it's going to take away some of the fun that the kid has doing it and it's going to create a relationship potentially with your kid that is not conducive for the parent-child relationship in general or um, the sport they're playing, we're talking about golf now. I mean, if well, your kid was sick and had a fever, if you're not a doctor, you have no business telling them what medicine to take. Well, we see parents all the time prescribing what their child should do with their golf game. And 98% of the time they have absolutely no idea what they're talking about. Yeah, that, that's And they're what I was doing their say. kids a disservice. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. I mean, how many parents, and again, this is not to just completely bash parents, but it's, we all have our own expertise, and how many parents are really giving sound advice? And it's, especially from an instruction standpoint, getting kids started, I mean, in, in my mind, I rarely see somebody giving really good advice. I mean, if you just walk down a normal driving range at a club or a public course and look at these guys and the advice, the advice they're giving to their buddies, it's ridiculous. And you're only hurting that player in the long run because then we've got to try and go back and they've been doing this now for three, five years and we've got to try and correct those things. Let them get started in the game. Let them have fun. And then later on in life, let's find them a really good instructor who can help them develop um, some really sound, uh, some sound movements, some sound um, parts of their game. All right, let's transition to what you can do for your kids from a young age. Like you said earlier, Coach Mack, you've got to be a role model. So you want to model appropriate behavior on and off the golf course. So, um, yeah, I mean, if, always if you just if you, if you think about the the junior golfer or the five, six year old, whoever it may be, who's out at the driving range watching their dad hit golf balls and you and I have seen it before at the clubs that we're at, these parents, they hit a bad shot or whatever it may be. They drop their club. They start cussing in front of the kids. I mean, what kind of um, 
how are you, how is the the junior golfer going to view that? They're going to view, view that as an acceptable behavior. And you and I both know that uh, teaching a young junior golfer etiquette, the correct attitude at a golf course, is very important to do from a young age. So if you're instilling that in them um, as a, an elementary school kid or a middle school kid, um, we're we're setting them in a path that could be detrimental to them later on. Yep. So teach them to say thank you. Teach them where to stand when somebody's teeing off. Teach them about who has the honor on a hole, uh, when you can walk, when you can't walk, where you can stand on the putting green. Um, all these kinds of things involving etiquette are super important from a very early age, and the kids will soak it up. At age four or five, they're going to pick up all these things, but you want to model your best behavior because it is, after all, a, a gentleman's game. Um, that's super important. The other thing is I think adults need to let the kids drive the process. You know, if you want your kid to become involved in golf, very simply just say, Hey, Johnny, uh, I'm going to the golf course. You want to go hit some balls? If he says, sure, great. If not, don't worry about it. Um, they have to take ownership of it. So a really quick story, my, my three kids, um, my oldest at age, I don't know, 12 really wanted to learn how to play golf. Um, my second son was maybe 13, 14 before he really wanted to get into it. And my daughter was just, um, about the same age, age 14. But given that I was a golf professional, uh, it was always at the golf course. It'd be really easy for, for me to bring them out to the course from an early age and say, Hey, uh, let's go hit some balls or work on it or whatever. And one of the best things I ever did was not to do that. I said, hey, I'm going to the range. If they wanted to come, great. Um, invariably, they took ownership of it, and they would ask me to go play or practice instead of me telling them, uh, let's go do it or something similar to that effect. And uh, helping your kids take ownership of the game is absolutely key for their development. And it's, it's not only taking ownership of the game, you're teaching them to take ownership of whatever they're doing. And it's something that is a really important thing to learn and um, we see it even when they're high school, college age, kids not wanting to take ownership of what's going on or the results they have, uh, trying to find ways to, to blame it on whatever else it may be. But uh, I think that's a really important thing to, to learn from a really young age. Yep. So teach them ownership and responsibility. So a couple of examples. Never, ever carry your kid's golf bag. Period. <laughs> Don't put it in the car. Don't carry it from the the car to the course don't put it on the golf cart never it's their clubs let them be responsible for it so from a very early age you need to let them know that if you're going to the golf course it's their job to make sure all their clubs and their equipment gets in the car it's not yours so do not remind them you can tell them one time at age four johnny you need to make sure your clubs are in the car when we go to the golf course if they forget you drive to the golf course. If the clubs aren't in the back, guess what? Johnny's going to learn a valuable lesson, and Johnny's never going to forget his clubs again. <laughs> Teach them to clean their clubs. Take care of their clubs. Your job is not to babysit them and baby them in general. Teach them responsibility and ownership, and they're going to be much better off for it. Now, Coach, I'm uh, going to have you. I'm going to have you tell another story real quick. I'm going to jump back to etiquette that you've told me. I think it goes along well with what you just said about teaching them responsibility. Uh, with even just getting to the golf course, um, I'm going to throw your older son under the bus here, but him throwing a golf club for the first time. 
Yeah, so he was probably in just starting eighth grade, really just getting into it for the first time. And uh, we went on the course, and um, we talked about etiquette, about you know not talking loudly, not running on the green, shaking hands, who has the honor, all that kind of stuff. But we never talked about uh, what to do with your clubs or what not to do with your clubs. And we were on the, I think the 18th fairway at the Duke university golf club. And my oldest son hit a shot and he didn't like it. And Oh boy, he took his iron and chucked it about 20 feet. I didn't say one word to him other than, all right, we're done. And he said, what? I said, we don't throw clubs ever. I said, we're going home right now. I said, if you ever throw another club, you're done playing golf. I said, it's a gentleman's game. You need to act like that. And guess what? We've never had a problem since then. So you need to hold your kids accountable to the very highest standards from the veriest early age, and they will learn and they will uh, play the game properly. And again, that means the parents should not be throwing the golf club either. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> okay. Um, Do you want to transition to maybe kind of the middle school years? Things we see, how they kind of change. Um, yeah, I'll, let's do that in a minute. But I want to touch on one other thing. Uh, and we briefly mentioned it earlier. But I think it's super, super important for parents to understand that failure is a necessary part of growth and a part of this game. You cannot and should not protect your kids from failure. You want to encourage failure because in failure we learn a lot of things and when we overcome obstacles or adversity we develop a great sense of uh of self-belief accomplishments and independence and that is absolutely critical so do not try to protect your kid from failure encourage it the more you encourage it they get better they're going to be long term i think that is absolutely vital i think that's one of the most important points we we went over uh, and again, it, allowing them to fail and then teaching them how to learn from it, um, how to respond to it and maybe how they could, how talk to them, even just maybe things that they could do differently next time. So not only allow them to fail, but teach them how to learn from it. Right. So from a very, just in real quick summary, very early age, um, just teach them the basics of the grip, tee the ball up all the time having them swing as fast as they can as long as they, as long as they get into a good finish, uh, having them putt and chip, make it fun. Do not give them any other instruction. Just create an environment where they're going to learn, have fun, grow, try out new skills, let them play in as many other sports as possible because that will develop them uh, as golfers and as overall athletes. Um, and that's that's basically it. So from up until middle school, you should be doing very little. They can play in tournaments and stuff. That's great. But uh, it's all about having fun and trying to create an environment that they you know want to be a part of. In middle school, our opinion is that we should start getting a little more serious for those golfers that have identified that, hey, I really want to improve this sport. So, you know, sixth grade or so would be appropriate to get some first class instruction where you're going to get a little more into technique and, and actually how to play the game. Um, Coach, your thoughts on that? I think, I think that's perfect. And again, I think you alluded to it as well at the start, was just remembering that, for starters, not all kids are going to want to play competitive golf. And I think that goes back to a little bit on the parents' side of things and pushing somebody, pushing a, a young boy or girl into it really hard um, could kind of go either way. 
And I think, like you've said with your kids or how it's kind of happened with Noah, um, let be let let them be the one that are kind of driving things. And um, again, if if you've got one of those kids that has you could see that he really is enjoying the game, wants to play a little bit more competitive golf, then I think that's a perfect time to start them and ramp things up a little bit from an instruction standpoint. Uh, and then even a lot of the things after that are are similar. They're just kind of the dials just turned up a little bit. Yeah, so let the kid drive the process. Uh, Instruction is appropriate starting the middle school years. Um, You, as a parent, should never, in our opinion, be at their lesson or when they're working on their game on the range. Um, That's going to prevent them from taking ownership of their game, and they're going to be unconsciously, they're going to become dependent on you. They're always going to look, to you as their, as their safety net. And that is not going to be, uh, helping them along their path to becoming the best golfer they can be. So this is, I know going to be controversial, controversial, but do not be at the golf course all the time with your kid. When we were growing up, you know, my parents just dropped me off the golf course, Mac, same thing with you. I know. And we were there all day on our own with our buddies. Um, and nowadays we see parents involved with their kids all the time. And it's just, it's criminal. I think, uh, let your kids be kids, let them become independent, let them learn on their own. They're going to get a lot better, a lot faster and have more enjoyment. If you do that. Um, yeah, also, I was, when, when you, when you, when you mentioned the point about, uh, <coughs> being at lessons, I was trying to think back. Uh, I was fortunate enough to have a couple really good, uh, instructors growing up and, I don't think either of my parents were at any lesson. Uh, They obviously, they dropped me off before I could drive. And then my mom was always there to pick me up. But other than that, I don't think they were ever on the driving range or ever on the golf course with us. And I don't see as much of that now. I really don't. So I I think that's one thing. Again, I, I think it taught me to be more independent, realize that this is my process. Um, I had to pay for some of those lessons as well, pay for some of my equipment. So I had to be a little bit more involved in the process, which I think is important as well. And, um, again, I, I couldn't rely on my parents or couldn't depend on them quite as much. So I had to right. take a little bit more ownership. So another thing, I think it is appropriate for parents to talk to their kids about how to accept coaching. So if you're in middle school and your child is taking some instruction, hopefully from a very qualified instructor, uh, and maybe we can talk about that in a little bit about how to find somebody that's really qualified because, um, that that's, be tough. That, that's super important. Uh, just because somebody has, uh, a very high recommendation from some magazine or has PJ beside their name does not mean they know what they're doing. Hate to say that, but that's the truth. Um, but talk to your kids about how to accept coaching. Probably the most important thing in my mind on that topic is you've got to let the coach coach. You know, your job is not to intercede and to agree or disagree with what the coach is doing. You need to tell your child, hey, what did your coach tell you today? Ask lots of questions. What did you learn? Uh, What can you improve on? And then encourage that kid to listen to their coach. I see all the time in sports, uh, golf and other sports, basketball, et cetera, where parents are getting involved 
with the decisions or lack of decisions a coach will make and it's ruining their kid because uh, it's creating indecision, lack of respect from the kid to the coach and on and on and on. So talk to your kids about how to accept coaching. That will really help them de develop. I think also teaching them how to ask questions with their coach is important too. Uh, yep. I think I think all too often we see you kind of either have one extreme or the other where you've got a kid who is not coachable at all or you've got one who just seems so passive and doesn't ask any questions. And part of the learning process is being able to learn to ask the right questions. And that's, you're also, I mean, you're, it's inevitable. I mean, if you're not asking questions, you either don't understand it at all or you understand it completely. And most of the kids that we're talking to when we're, we're working with them on their game, they just need to be asking more questions and they're going to end up learning and getting better quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, so one more thing on tournaments. Yeah, I think it's commonplace now. If you go to a junior tournament, it's rare when you find uh, – well, let me put it this way. The majority of kids playing in a tournament have their parents watch them during the tournament. Wouldn't you say that's fair, Coach? Yeah, I think it's fair. Uh, I think it is a really, really bad idea for you as a parent to watch your kid play in all of their golf tournaments. Again, it creates that sense of dependence from the kid, whether consciously or unconsciously, on you – which limits their development and can create friction amongst the relationship with you that you should have as a parent child. And you're becoming this pseudo coach to your kid, which is weird and not helpful. So, um, highly recommend that, that you let your kid be independent, at least in some of your, uh, of his or her junior golf tournaments, that's going to help them grow not only as a person, but as a golfer. Yeah, and it's not like you're saying that parents should not be there or not be supportive, uh, but I think that there's that kind of fine line you cross. If you're at every single event, you're pushing their push cart to from the car to the range. You're carrying their rain gear. You're carrying their food. Those kind of things that we see way too often in my mind, uh, those are the things that you're talking about. Absolutely, and, and to get on the recruiting thing very briefly, I can't tell you how many coaches, when they're recruiting kids, if they see a parent carrying somebody's bag from the car to the range or pushing their car to the range, that is a massive negative. Do not do that as a parent. Let your kid take responsibility of it. Let You're me tell hurting you, that, your kid that, by doing that. That college coach is not going to carry your clubs or push your push cart or put no. your bag in the car. Those are not going to happen. And if you would expect that, you're going to be in for a, a big awakening. Well, it creates the perception that the kid um, – isn't responsible for their own stuff and they're babied inside. It, it's bad. So don't do that. Uh, okay. What can you do as a parent, uh, at this age, I think developing a growth mindset and fostering the development of self belief in your junior golfer is huge. So how do you do that? Um, encourage your child to have lots of little successes like your example, coach Mack of, of Noah, uh, putting the balls, you know, right on the lip of the cup and putting them in. That's perfect. Um, lots of little scenarios where your child can see success. And I think the more you see success, no matter how small it is, the greater your self-belief. And when it comes down to it, that's a huge component of this game and the ability to play it successfully. I think um, I, I'm going to piggyback off that real quick. And it's also learning how to find successes. 
And, and what I mean by that is you and I both know anytime we're talking to a player after they played their round, we say, hey, how'd it go? They are always inclined to tell us everything they did terribly that day. And it drives me nuts. And learning how to, and again, a lot of that is just the innate, how we're made, how we were created, how our brain is wired. We're, we automatically focus on negatives, but it's a skill to be able to figure out, well, okay, what are the things I actually did well today? And build on those. And again, it's not to say that we completely disregard the things we didn't do that well, but we need to learn how to train our kids and train ourselves to find the positives and be able to learn from those. Because if we're not, if we're not learning from them, we're not going to be getting any better. Yeah. So, um, let's give a specific example here, piggybacking on what you said. So if, uh, Sally or Johnny comes off the course and you've met them there again, you're not supposed to be watching every single tournament, <laughs> but you met them after the round and great. First question is, Hey Sally, how'd you play today? They're going to say, well, I shot 85. It was terrible. And I hit two balls in the water or whatever. I mean, we I hear that all putt. the time. Couldn't putt. Greens were terrible. <laughs> Just didn't have it today. Kept hooking it, whatever it may be. How'd you play? And when they respond that way, say, no, that's not, I don't want to hear your score. I want to know how you played. What'd you do? Well, what did you learn today? Tell me about a couple of your great shots. Um, and then after they've talked about that and they say, well, what can you improve on and pick a couple things, you know, what did you learn? And then, all right, Sally, well, knowing that you need to work on your bunker player a little bit, do you have any ideas on how you can improve that? Put, put the ownership on them. Just ask questions. That's absolutely key. And, and a lot of times it's, it's learning how to almost spin the same sentence into just a positive way of thinking. I know I've, I know I've heard you or I've seen you do this with some of your players when we've been together. Um, and it's, and it's taking what they've said and you can find a way to spin it into a positive. And instead of saying, well, I, I can't putt, you could almost think of it as, okay, I, di I didn't make many putts. That shows me, Hey, when I make a bunch of putts tomorrow, I'm going to be able to shoot really, really low. And it's, it's being able to find those things that, yeah, I might, I might not have done them great today, but it's spinning it into a little bit of a positive. And instead of just beating yourself up, it creates this perception of, oh, okay, I, I can improve that. I'll do better tomorrow. Uh, and those little things like that, in my opinion, can make a big difference. Yeah, absolutely. Another thing that's really important, I think that as a parent, you need to stress all the time that your junior golfer, what they shoot does not define who they are as a person. You need to constantly reinforce that message with them. If they shot 92, does that, that does not mean that they are a worse person or a bad person um, because they are definitely not their score. So you need to hammer that point home all the time that, um, you know, your golf score and who you are as a person are two separate and distinct things. That's very important. Let's well, get back to, hold on one second. All right, go ahead. Um, we're talking <laughs> about earlier, talking about encouraging self-belief and, and, um, setting them up, uh, or encouraging an environment where they get little successes all the time that builds self-belief. But, we talked about failure earlier too. I think that, um, and this really becomes important as they get older, but encouraging your kid to work on the inflect, what we call the inflection point where they're going to see a lot of failure, but if they keep working and handling that adversity, they can see some success that massively develops their self-belief. Um, that's key. So you want to see a lot of little successes, but you also have to foster that failure 
overcoming adversity because that really also um, increases the self-belief. And, and whether they play super high-level competitive Division One golf or professional golf, that's also just learning, in my opinion, just a lot about life. Life isn't very fair. Uh, we can practice really, really hard, and results in golf are not always linear. And uh, I think just learning how to deal with and manage adversity and challenges and failure, I think, is a really important thing to learn at a young age. And it's going to help you tremendously in golf and tremendously in life. Yeah, well said. And and fear is closely associated with that, too, I think. Do not try to protect your kids um, from failure or the fear of failure. Um encourage them to face it head on. And when they do that, they're going to learn a lot about themselves and be successful, not only in golf, but, uh, later on in, in many different things that they do. So very important. Anything else coach you want to talk about? The one other thing I was going to mention when you had talked about, um, making sure that these players are not defining themselves by their score. I think one thing to keep an eye on, especially with this age group, if we're seeing tears on the golf course or when they finish their round, I think that's a great opportunity to talk to them about this because if they're that emotional over what they shot or how they performed, then I think that they usually have a chance of their t- score is a little too wrapped up into who they think they are as a person or just the results in general. I think uh, that's something that unfortunately we see quite a bit, even at the high school age, uh, and that's something that needs to be needs to be talked about. We shouldn't be seeing tears. No, and, and along with that, it probably means that that child is facing expectations, feeling expectations that are learned behavior from the parents. So 100%. Uh, if you're seeing that, you really need to have a heart to heart and think about how you may be contributing to that um, behavior because it should be fun. Yes, somebody's going to get upset. That's cool. But if we've got tears all the time, something is out of whack and you need to address it as soon as possible. Right on the money. I think that's good. All right. So we covered a lot here uh, from a very early age on up through the middle school years. And in the next podcast, we're going to talk about taking a more holistic approach once we get into high school and the college years and and what you can really do to um, help your kid develop their full potential with golf if that's what they've decided to do. And and it touches on all the things we addressed today, but just – in much greater detail and intensity and and, uh, a much bigger scope. Perfect. All right. Any funny stories, Coach? (laughs) Uh, I've got some bad stories. No. We'll end it at that. We'll do it next time. Kids in tears. Um, Oh, here we go. Here we go. I've I've got a good one. So I played in an AJGA event. Uh, they still have this event going. This was in Kentucky. I believe it used to be called, I'm not sure if they still call it this, but the, uh, the bluegrass junior, I think they still got, I think they still have it. All right. So I'm, I'm playing this, playing this event. And, uh, this was, I believe it was the group behind me. Um, and there's, there was one player in this particular group. Uh, he was definitely a hothead. Um, and there was a parent in that group of one of his playing partners that was kind of the same way. And this parent, uh, definitely crossed the line and, 
uh, was kind of chirping in some ways this other player who was that hothead. And uh, they got into a, a pretty comical, heated argument on the golf course um, where they almost had to be separated. Almost a fight started. I, I've never seen anything like this. Um, this particular player also during his round had taken the flag and threw it like a javelin as well. Um, kind of almost like a happy Gilmore kind of throw. I mean, it was, it was a couple, couple instances like that. The, the, the interaction he had almost a fight with this other parent and then, uh, javelin, I don't know if the, uh, the verb javelining a, uh, a flag stick was something I'd never seen before. That's crazy. Yeah. Pretty nuts. So that's not what we want to do. Nope. All right. That's it for this week's edition of Play Golf and College Podcast, and we'll be back next time talking about high school and college years and how you can really help your kid uh, develop their game and reach their full potential. Silent.